Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Welcome, everybody, uh, to our Bible study. Tonight, we're doing the fall of Babylon the Great, Revelation chapter 18. Uh, before we begin, let's uh, open it with a word of prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have caused all your holy scriptures to be written for our learning. May we so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort offered by your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. All right. So I'm going to read the chapter for us here. And as we just discussed, for those listening on the recording, next week we are going to finish up the book um, so that we can finish before the end of the month. Um, and take July and August off, but we will have a selection of questions on chapters 19 through 22. And maybe uh, uh, instead of me reading uh, all four chapters, f- next week we'll split it up. I'll read one, one of you will read another one, and then we'll just we'll split up the chapters next week. Uh, I think it's good for the recording to have the, all the chapters read. All right, but here for today, here's uh, chapter 18 from the New Testament for everyone. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven with great authority. The earth was flooded with the light of his glory. He shouted out in a strong voice, and this is what he said. Babylon the great has fallen. She has fallen. She has become a place for demons to live, a refuge for every unclean spirit, a refuge for every unclean bird, a refuge for every unclean, hateful monster. All the nations drank the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth committed fornication with her, and the traders of the earth became rich from the power of her luxury. Then I heard another voice from heaven, and this is what it said. Come out of her, my people, so that you don't become embroiled in her sins, and so that you don't receive any of her plagues. Her sins are piled up to the sky. And God has remembered her wickedness. Pay her back as she has paid others. Give her double again for all her deeds. Mix her a double dose in her own cup, the cup in which she mixed her poisons. She made herself glorious and lived in luxury. Balance that by giving her torture and sorrow. She said in her heart, I'm the queen. I'm on the throne. I'm not a widow. I'm never going to be a mourner. Therefore, her plagues will come in one single day, death, mourning, and famine, and she will be burned with fire because God, the Lord, who judges her, is strong. The kings of the earth who committed fornication with her and shared her luxury will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke from her fire. They will stand far off, fearful of her tortures. Alas, alas, they will say, the great city, Babylon, the powerful city, your judgment has come in a single hour. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because nobody will buy their cargo anymore. 
their cargo of gold and silver, of precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, all sweet-smelling wood, carved ivory, vessels of expensive wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, oriental spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, and bodies. Yes, human souls. All the fruit from which you longed has gone from you. All your luxuries and sparkling objects have been destroyed. You won't find them anymore. The merchants who sold these things and who made themselves rich from her will stand a long way off from her tortures. They will weep and mourn and say, alas, Alas, the great city, it was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, decked out in gold, precious stones and pearls. But in a single hour, such great wealth has been destroyed. All master mariners and all those who fly their ships to and fro, all sailors and all who do business on the sea, stood a long way off and shouted out when they saw the smoke of her fire. Who is like the great city, they said. They threw dust on their heads and shouted out, weeping and mourning. Alas, alas, they said. <coughs> the great city, everyone who had ships on the sea could get rich from her wealth, but in a single hour, she's become a desert. Celebrate over her, heaven, and you holy ones, apostles and prophets, because God has passed against her his, the sentence she passed against you. Then a strong angel picked up a rock like a huge millstone and hurled it into the sea with these words, Babylon the great, Babylon the great city will be thrown down like that with a splash and never will be seen again. Never again will people hear the sound of harps, musicians, flute players, or trumpeters in you. Never again will there be any skilled workmen plying their trade in you. Never again will, you, will people hear the sound of the mill in you. Never again will you, anyone see the light of a, uh, of a lamp in you. Never again will anyone hear the voice of a bridegroom and bride in you. Your merchants were like the mighty ones of the earth. All the nations were deceived by your magic. In her was found the blood of all the prophets and God's holy ones and all those who had been slaughtered on the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, that's the chapter. Let's hop into our questions. So, what do Exodus 34, 29 to 35 and in Ezekiel 43.2, what do those two passages suggest about the appearance of the angel? And what message does the angel bring? The appearance of the angel is radiant, um, like God's glory. This, in Exodus, it refers to Moses coming down after the Ten Commandments. And his face shone with the glory of God. He had to put a veil over it to conceal the brightness and that. Um, and in Ezekiel, again, it's, it's radiance with, with God's glory. So the angel is representing or showing God's glory or. That's right. And it's, where is it, um, where's the angel coming from? You've got all the pieces. From heaven. From heaven, but where specifically in heaven? 
based on the verses you just read? from the throne from, from the throne right throne. right from okay. from yeah. the presence from god of god yeah. yes I from god himself that's too much i may be reading too much into this but if we look at the meaning of angel as messenger that the messenger actually could be christ in this case coming down and proclaiming victory could be i i don't i haven't seen i didn't see that in any commentaries but uh that's as good a theory as anyone any of the other ones <laughs> um then mark's probably wrong <laughs> <laughs> but but that i just wanted um you to see that, that this angel who's who made the earth bright with his glory is coming directly from the presence of god right so he's coming right from the throne right from god himself and bringing this um this message uh to the earth um is the angel gender specific? When it says he, um, <laughs> yep, I'm looking. I think angels are gender specific. Are they? Yeah, the New They're King James male. also says male. Uh, um, okay. um, it's it's. Uh, it's grammatically masculine. Grammatically. Just like French. You know what I'm talking about? So then you're <laughs> saying you're, you're, you're saying then that Michael is like they talk about Michael and Gabriel and that those are all masculine. Well, what I mean is um, yeah, like, like in, the, in that case, they're all they're all depicted as men. Um, they're all depicted with depicted with masculine names and masculine features. Here, um, is this angel a male? Um, he's described using masculine pronouns, um, and and masculine gen like grammatically. So, it, it, it just like in French, uh, you have, uh, you know, la pizza is a feminine, but you know something else is masculine there's masculine, no rhyme or reason yeah, yeah. right 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 it's, it's, uh that somebody could make the case that it, it's it's neutral here and it's just using the masculine as a catch-all generic but i don't think so i think it, it's a but, in, yeah. but in revelations 5 11 12 um angels they're they're um humans understand that they are gender gender neutral like they're not it's not male or female yeah 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 it's um yeah and um there's something to that because um there's something to that because um what does jesus say about the resurrection he says um um men won't you won't be you, people won't marry and they won't be given in marriage they'll be like the angels in heaven um so um so but um yeah so it, it's it's hard um to it, they're well, no typically defined that. they're typically defined with male 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 pronouns and male features when, when they pop up um um they're called the sons of god in the old testament right 
um, they, they see the beauty of women and, and come down and um, mate with them in Genesis 6, a contrary to God's command. Um, um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, so, the, so those are, those are yeah, it, it's an interesting rabbit trail. Okay. Thanks a lot, George. all right um all right so then uh he's coming and and um and what does what's that message that he brings in verses two and three thanks babylon yeah yeah the it, it's a uh... now notice i want you as 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 we look through this passage to notice the use of tense john uses all three tenses at different points to describe the events if, and you might have missed it if you weren't paying attention here it's fallen past tense it's done and then in the next verse you're, you're told to come out of her as, it, as if it hasn't happened. And the kings and the merchants, different tenses are used there. So John switches up his tenses all throughout this passage. And if you, and, and so pay close attention to the, the tense in English, uh, and you'll, you'll see that he does that because this is revelation. Time is not, uh, revelation is not describing a linear thing. And you see that in this text with the use, the, with the wide variety of uses of tense. And I'll try to point them out. Yeah, this, I, you, this book you suggested for us to read, Revelation, the end of all things, yep. they uh, made a comparison to the play Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, that was a great point. Yeah, that, Des that, describe that a little bit, because that, that, that's a, uh, it's a really yeah, good... Yeah, the, the, you know, goes into his past and what's going on in the present and, and yeah. then shows them what's going to happen in the future type how many of you remember Scrooge, the, the story of, of, of Christmas Carol? Um, yeah, so that's, um, so here it, it's very similar. Here's the paragraph. Um, Readers are first taken to a desolate graveyard where Babylon's name is inscribed on the rubble and obscene demons and vultures hover over the remains of her wealth. Next, readers are allowed to overhear what leading business people say about her downfall. Although expressing grief, their thoughts mainly have to do with the lamented loss of their own wealth. Uh, the oppressed do have reason to be glad, however, at the, the demise of the pitiless master. Um, so um, the, the, point, uh, the point of this specter, like the point of the visions of the future in Dickens' story, is to move readers to renounce the arrogant and inhumane ways of injustice. Anyway, that that's it's 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 very it's similar to the um, ghost of future, ghost of future, past present. Future. Past present. Yeah, I want to say the ghost of future past, but that's not that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So that, no, that, that's a good point. Um, and so, but just as you go through this chapter, you'll see the, the, the tenses change. Um, so like here, verse three, all nations have drunk, past tense. Um, 
she has become a dwelling place, um, perfect, past action, abiding results, uh, that kind of thing. So yes, Babylon the Great has fallen, and um, she's become a dwelling place. For, what is all that? What's up with that? All dwelling place for demons, haunt for unclean birds. What what's up with that? Why? It's a lot of words to say something very simple. It's making the point that everything bad is going to be gone. Period. Right, but um, why is the city described as being a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for unclean birds? And when would a city be overrun by birds and detestable? <clears throat> when the city's dead. When the city's dead, it's it's yeah. it's um unpopulated it's it's right given back to nature nature takes yeah. over again right uh that's it's a simple it's a very long and cir circuitous way of saying uh the city's given back to nature and nature takes it back um all right let's uh move on to verses four and onward with the next question question two what are God's people exhorted to do? Verses four and five. So what are we, what are they told to do? To come out of her. Come out of her. To, and what are the to reasons? To the ungodliness. Yeah. And, and what are the reasons? Yeah, repent. <laughs> yeah. I should take part in their sins. Right, yeah, take part in her sins. And, and the result of taking part of, in her sins would then be Plagues. Plagues, that's right. Uh, um, how do you hear that? Is it is it a gentle, come out of her, come out of her, my people? Is it fiercely demanding, come out of her? You know, how do you hear those words, come out of her, my people? I think it's gently imploring. Gently imploring? Man has freedom of choice. We encourage man to do what he should do. Mm -hmm. I okay. took it as fiercely demanding because at the beginning, you know, it was said uh, the angel, you know, said in a mighty voice, right? Mm. So when I hear a mighty voice, I mean, he's not kidding around. He's, mm. you know, telling everybody to get out of there because it's big trouble if you don't. Yeah, what I got from it was it was more a statement of fact that this is the way it is. It's, it's there's no no going back from it, and this is your choice. Come out now, or you're going down. <laughs> I took it as triumphant. The battle is over. The war is won. Hmm. Yep. Interesting how we all heard it in slightly different ways, eh? Isn't that interesting? Um, um i heard it um it reminded me of what the angels say to lot come on get, let's go get out of here this city's going down get out you know it's it's um are you crazy do you really want to stick around for the show uh kind of uh it just it reminded me of, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, uh, almost like a you know a firefighter 
rushing in? How would a firefighter speak to you if, if you're trying to get, you know, your, your favorite books as your house is on fire and, and, and the firefighters trying to get you to, to see sense and just leave? Um, th that kind of a tone is, is almost a tone. Like, are you crazy? Um, come on, let's go get out. Um, at least that, that's how I hear it, but you guys heard it your way. And that's, that's maybe we, maybe we all hear it the way we need to hear it. <laughs> maybe some people need gentle, a gentle rod. And maybe some people need a firm, get out <laughs> like a parent. <laughs> that, that, that tone that you, you get with them when they're on the table and for the 10th time in the morning before you've had your coffee. Um, <laughs> they color your garden planter green with permanent magic marker. That's right. That time. <laughs> um, <Not> today. <laughs> oh no. So so why is this admonition so vital? And I have listed here First Peter five eight and nine. Why is this vital? Well, let's read, let's oh, okay. read that first first Peter is is be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil walks as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. devour. So if you're gonna if you're gonna stay where you are, you may have the the tendency to get gobbled up by the devil. Right. Or succumb to his wild ways, whatever. Any any other uh, thoughts on this here? Why is this admonition to come out? Why is it so vital? Because we're so easily deceived by the devil. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. That that that. that, that <laughs> Absolutely, because this is not a command for first century Christians to leave the city of Rome, is it? Because it's not written. No, I don't Christ think so. No. It, it, so when it says come out of her, what does it mean? Stop sinning. <laughs> Stop sinning. Yep. More specifically, um, if you look back at those letters remember those letters at the beginning of the book the letters to the seven churches what were the kinds of things that they were doing they were eating um they were eating food sacrificed to idols right they were um one church um i'm trying to do this off memory here one church remember they, they was they were so complacent because they were they, they got wealthy um right so they were complacent um they were compromising they were complacent um they were lukewarm in their convictions right um you look at those things um this is not this is just as much to people who are in babylon and snuck and and and, and trapped in the snares as it is to christians who have compromised their faith who are lukewarm in their faith um, and, or, or who have mixed their faith with whatever the prevailing culture says. Um, worship, you know, eating 
food sacrifice to idols, whatever that means, whatever that the equivalent of that is today. Um, but also, what does this tell you about God? <laughs> God really doesn't compromise. People do. Yeah, that, that's true. But I was more thinking of good news on this on this point. Is that <laughs> oh, okay. God desires everybody to be saved. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing. And, and what, at what point in time is God still crying out for people to, to come out? At the very last minute. The very last minute. To the very end. God doesn't give up. He just say, well, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to smite the world now. And, and if you didn't, if you didn't come earlier, too bad for you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. God doesn't act that way. He gives, he, he wants all to be saved and he waits to the very last minute. Right. Uh, so that, that's, that's some important stuff there. I think uh, some important applications. So in what ways do we also need to come out from present-day Babylon with its corrupt systems? How can we separate ourselves from their ways? That's a... That's a, that's a tall question. order. <laughs> it's a tall order. It's a loaded question, but... Um, They'd like to be in the world, not of the world, yeah, or the right. other way around, whichever one it is. Right, that's the one. In the world, but not of the world. That's That's right. Um, we, we have to put our faiths and the obligations that come from that faith first and foremost, regardless of whether it's going to do us harm or not in the world. Right. And whether or not it's going to be popular, right? Yeah. Um, increasingly, Christian views are going to be unpopular, right? Um, as our culture moves away from Christian values, um, our, our values are going to be increasingly looked on as backwards, old-fashioned, or bigoted. You're, you're going to hear those things thrown at Christians, uh, right? Um, and so it's, I think it's important to, to see that. Um, it's, also, um, it's also important to, to not compromise our faith with whatever the latest fad is. You know what I mean? Um, the latest fad in the world, the latest uh, gizmo. Oh, if we just embrace this little bit of the world, then then they'll love us and they'll come in. Um, you know, um, that's that that's not the way to to be faithful to God. Um, to just embrace just a little bit of the world, so that we entice people in. It, it just it not only does it not work, <laughs> the world sees through it. Um, uh, it ultimately kills kills the church. Um, churches which have church bodies which have done that, uh, embraced large chunks of the world's ideas, uh, are now in, in plummetous decline. Um, not just like our denomination, which is, has a slow decline, like plummetous. Like uh, I'm not going to say the denomination, but uh, I uh, when I was on vicarage. Uh, they were telling us at these meetings when all the churches got together, one of these church bodies, which really has drunk deeply of the world's ideas, um, has said, was saying we're closing 
we're, they're closing the female pastor there said we're, we're closing a, a parish a week we're closing the doors one one church a week closed uh um you embrace the world's views the what, what why does the world need need the church can just be the world it doesn't need the church right uh the church is supposed to be different than the world in the world but not of the world salt and light preserving the world uh but not the same thing as it all right um uh now let's look at um verses six to eight um, in question three, what specific judgments are pronounced on Babylon for his for her sin? What are the specific judgments first? Plagues, death, mourning, famine, burned up with fire in a single day, paid back double for her deeds. Right. Uh, and uh, how is that a just punishment for Babylon? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. What's Except another? You're um, getting it back twofold. It was a good crop. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. The uh, the New Revised Standard says uh, a, a double draft. <laughs> uh, a double uh, I, draft. I can concur. <laughs> a, a, a double draft for all her deeds um i mean there's old testament precedent for that but it's it's double is she getting anything that she did not hand out herself no no just twice as much back right um what, what's that phrase um uh, a taste of your own medicine that kind of thing that's okay. that's that that's that's the kind of idea that we got going on here um, what goes um, around comes around. That's yeah. that's right. What goes around comes around. Um, now the um, just karma. Little, oh karma. wait, that's not a Christian idea. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No. Well, I mean, we do have you. We do have something similar, though, right? We do have you. You reap what you sow, um, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, but the problem with karma. Is 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 not just the idea that you reap what you sow. The problem with karma is they believe that that's the mechanism for salvation, to become reincarnated or whatnot. Um, you, karma says you get what you deserve. Uh, Christianity says Jesus got what you deserve. So there is that. <laughs> um, oh, and, and it's just. Uh, Note that um, she was, uh, it says that she would, uh, isn't it saying a single hour? Or is that later? I thought I just saw it. Single hour comes single up day. about. Single, so about single day. Single day. Yeah. Um, single hour know, comes up about three times. Yeah. Do you know, do you guys know yeah, the story the single of hour how. first appears in verse 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know how Babylon fell originally? The original Babylon. Have you guys heard this story? It's a fascinating story. Um, there's a little bit of this going on. So Babylon sits on the Euphrates river, right? And the Euphrates, it's on, it's in the middle and the Euphrates river goes around it on all side. And Babylon had 
I'm not sure how thick they were, but they had double walls. So they had a, a wall and then more river and then another big wall. So it was one of the most well-defended cities. In, 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 and so Babylon was at war with Persia. And I believe they were losing big time, uh, the Medes and the Persians. Um, <laughs> and they thought their city was so impregnable that they were having the biggest riotous party in the city that, that they could have. Remember, this is, this is the night where Daniel saw the writing on the wall. But the Medes went downriver and diverted the Euphrates. So this big moat that they had, these soldiers just waded right up to the gates. And when they got there, one of the drunk guards left both open. And the city fell in one night in one night the, the whole empire fell and uh it became part it was it became part of the persian empire um so so um and because the persians um you remember the writing on the wall was this very night uh your kingdom is given to the medes and the persians so there's a little bit of that that story is kind of hinted at several times here with that um, um, your city will fall in one hour. All right. It's that short time. And don't forget the hour business that in the previous chapters, we, we learned that the, the each King got to rule and persecute the church for one hour. <laughs> so uh, they, they persecute the church for an hour and then the whole city falls in an hour. So it, it, it there's balance there. So with Persia, in, on today's map, what countries would that be? It's, uh, Iran. Persia is Iran. Iran. Yeah, Iran, ba Iran, and Iraq. That I, it, it, Persia is more like Iran, I think. Um, and uh, uh, but it's that it's that whole area. Their empires kind of all overlapped at different points. Uh, Babylon is in Iraq. Um, Persia, I think. Is, is in um, um, uh, Iran, but then both yeah, well, empires- well, for many years, it, yeah, for many years, modern day Iran was referred to as Persia as well. Yeah, so- I, yeah. I think that was under the British Empire. The, the good old days, as they say. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, so we did question three. I think we covered that. Um, question four moves on to the next part, the, um, the funeral service for Babylon. Because uh, that's the, that's the, that, is the, that is the style here. There, there are three funeral eulogies given um, for Babylon. What do you think the kings, merchants, and seamen... Uh, why do you think they are singled out uh, um, to mourn the great city's fall? They were the ones benefiting. <laughs> they were the ones benefiting. Yeah. Um, um, why do, uh, what does that tell you 
about the city's nature and, and power base. What does it tell you about it? They relied on their materialistic items, not the word of God. Right. These items became their idols, so they basically were right. worshiping the, the the idols. In addition to their idols. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, how had the prostitute seduced them? By making them feel that they were in control of everything. Yeah, and, and Wendy? That they could rely on themselves. Yeah, through more wealth and luxurious living. Right. It offered them, uh, to the kings, It they offered... The, the the harlot offers the king's power, position. You can be a king, right? Uh, to the merchants uh, and to the seamen, it's it's the it's the goods, it's the getting rich. Absolutely. Um, does it does it go as far as worshiping her? If you worship um, her, I will give you all of this. Hmm. You're you're basically worshiping that by accepting all of that. You know, yeah, kind of worship worship is base. part of this, absolutely. Because, um, in, in, I mean, it's describing, um, it's describing what they're doing. So, it's describing the the client kings, the merchants, and the the the, the tradesmen, the sea traders, as ha, as committing fornication with her, right? Um, and um, fornication or, or, or sex is a type of union. Um, and um, what is the sexual union supposed to reflect, properly speaking? A oneness. A oneness, right? And uh, that oneness between two humans, uh, male and female, is supposed to reflect what? God and the church. Yes, Christ and Christ, the church. Yeah. Christ, Christ right? church. Right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So, um, uh, so just like um, a husband and a husband and wife become one, right? Um, so too, that points to how by faith we become one with Christ, right? Um, and so these kings. Uh, are becoming one with a prostitute. Remember, Paul says that you become one with the prostitute um, you, in First um, Corinthians. Um, I forget. Anyway, um, is there a parallel there between uh, the temptation of Christ in the desert? Fall down and worship me, and I will give you all of the kingdoms of the world. Yeah, yeah. There's. I think you're right there. Absolutely. Um, yep. That's a, that's a good parallel. Um, and so they get um, they get power, they get money and stuff um, by becoming one with with Babylon. By yeah. Um, and so we are kind of covering that. How have they profited? from the godless city's reckless pursuit of pleasure. Oh, no, that, that, that's, yeah. So how have they profited so, from the, the city's pursuit of pleasure? 
it's a bit of a, a weird question, I think. Um, so so here's 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 the deal. We know that this harlot does refer to Rome, and so um, almost all the commentaries at this point they'll tell they'll they'll actually tell you that the list of goods here that it lists that this is one of the best shopping lists that the city of Rome had and you can line up um you can line up each one of these things here and you can and we can line up records from the Roman empire and we can say they got this item from this part of the world this item from this part of the world this item from this part of the world um Rome uh was filthy rich um um and they wasted money on on these things uh they brought all the best stuff from the empire to the city and, and all this kind of stuff and the kings and the merchants they all got rich off of it right uh they, they all got became dependent on rome too for right goods right right that... become dependent on then that's where all the trouble starts right right um so i mean there's lots of historical detail that john is drawing from here this there's this is like super this is like this is very political right i mean he's 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 saying that their whole economic structure is, is wrong it's idolatrous it's it, it's it's um adulterous it, 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 and the city and he's basically telling you know uh the kings and the merchants and, and the, the the wall street gurus and the governors look you know the the city is 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 using you to, to further its own ends and you're getting rich off of get, pampering this one place in the world um and, and he, he he takes a shot at that um so with this that, is also somewhat uh prophetic too because he's also saying that rome is going to go down and when they do go down if you're not careful they're going to take you with them Right. Why do they stand far off? What's that? Why do why do all these three groups stand far off? Yeah, because <laughs> they don't want to get sucked into the vortex. They don't want to be crisped. <laughs> yep. Um. And, and so and so, why are they mourning? Is it is it truly pity upon upon the fall of this city? They've lost no, their livelihood. They're grieving for their they own loss. Their, yeah, way of income. Yeah. Yep, self self interest. Right. That's it. I, I, the, right, uh, that kind of thing. That's, um, you're yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, now let's let's go into question five. Dig back into some of those. Uh, um, this is an interesting point in, in verses 12 to 13, John gives us this marvelous catalog of luxury goods, as well as the basics of, of for trade fur, wheat, cattle, so on. But what horror do we find at the end of this list? Goes as far as, as taking the bodies and souls of men. Right. Yep. 
Slaves. Uh, slaves. Yeah, That's slaves. right. Corruptness has now taken over, has, has taken human life. Mm -hmm. and, and how does this final item of cargo, how does that reveal, re reveal the depth of Babylon's wickedness? It's almost without bound. That's right. In order for her to have all of the luxuries she wants, she's willing to enslave other human beings. Notice it, the, in, in Greek here, it says horses and chariots and bodies. <laughs> That's all it says, and bodies. That is human souls. Um, yeah. Uh, the souls of men, literally, and bodies, the souls of men. Um, so, um, isn't that interesting? It, 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 humans being degraded to the point of, of just being referred to as bodies. Now, um, I mean, that's a huge social critique, isn't it? Uh, of, of Rome in its day. Uh, and, um, are there people in this world who still sell people to, to, to further their own, uh, pleasure? Um, absolutely. Um, it doesn't happen as much in North America, but it's there, isn't it? People well, sell a huge sex trade. In North absolutely. America. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this still happens. Um, absolutely. All right, but I just I wanted you to see that, and it's a good if if you ever. Um, it's a good place if somebody. If 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 the Bible's position on slavery ever comes up, this is a good passage to go to, and you can say, look, uh, the uh, John in in Revelation critiques Rome sharply for for their for their use of slavery. Um, uh, yeah so that that's important i just wanted to highlight that that point um all right question six what prophetic acts does the mighty angel perform to in uh in uh, indicate judgment on babylon's violence in verse 21 throws the millstone into the sea mm-hmm where did John the Apostle hear hear about millstones being thrown into the sea before? In Mark, uh, Lord. Lord. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's better for a if if you cause someone to sin, it's better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and be tossed into the sea. sea. Yeah. yeah, and so we see here we see it actually happening, <laughs> right? Uh, a millstone being tossed into the sea. Um, um, yep. Um, and, and he, and he makes the comparison as violent as that is, um, so will Babylon, the great city be thrown down with violence and be found no more. Um, where do we see the violence of Babylon revealed in our society? Or we can, we can even go back to that list. When this list um, describing 
all of the the luxury goods does that describe our society or is that uh, more or less um, I don't know how many have experienced this firsthand, but when you start dealing with some internet companies, some phone companies, um, other salesmen, they're not always ethical in their sales. So for them, much the same as, as Rome was, just at whatever cost, we're going to make a profit and we're going to get bigger and better and you're going to feel good because you're buying our goods from us. And then you, in turn, have to go and, and do whatever you have to to obtain these wonderful things. So it's, it's alive and well in our society. And, and what about, uh, what, in what other ways do you see this Babylon revealed in our society today? The, the way people are being enticed away from the church. <laughs> That's certainly true. It reminds me of the Lorax, where the, the greed of the uh, companies just had to make bigger and more, and they had to make more and more and more to sell more and more and more, and then it destroyed nature in the end. All there was was smog and no trees. You know, I think, I think Dr. Seuss was an LCMS Lutheran. Was he? I think I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere yeah. that he was that that the the guy behind Dr. Seuss was an LCMS Lutheran. <laughs> Theodore Geisel. Yeah. That's his roommate. Yeah. The guy behind Charlie Brown was a Lutheran too. Yeah. Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz. Yeah. Um. So, like we said, um. Um. Like we said before, Babylon refers to it, it, um, there are uh, Augustine put it nicely uh, that there are there are two cities. There's the city of God and the city of humanity, the city of man. Um, and uh, you, you're a citizen of one or the other. <laughs> Um, and Babylon is the city of man, and it takes play. It takes um, different faces at different times. Um, so Babylon here uh, has a direct application or to uh, first century Rome, but it, John the Apostle is drawing from the Old Testament, and he's drawing from both the description of Babylon, ancient Babylon, and also the condemnation of Tyre, the city of Tyre, which was a, a, uh, this big mercantile city uh, that just got rich and rich. Um, so uh, Ezekiel condemns Tyre and numerous Old Testament past prophets condemn Babylon. Well, Revelation takes both of those images and puts them into one and, and says, this is, this is Rome, the city. Um, and those that same attitude, those same spirits, the same um, the same economic, socioeconomic, political ideas, the gods of uh, the gods of power and money and sex and luxury, uh, and exploiting others to get it all. Uh, that's all 
still alive and alive today. And uh, when one culture, um, when one God, God wants there to be government. God wants us to have leaders. God, there are other passages in the Bible that talk well of our leaders and our uh, of government and that we should listen to them and that they serve a very good purpose. It's uh, they keep the the peace and they preserve our bodily well-being and and they have armies to protect us from invaders and all sorts of things like that and, and they tax us so that we can have health care and roads and all that kind of stuff but occasionally uh um governments go off the rails don't they uh we've seen it in the last 150 years where governments have gone off the rails um and um and uh, because uh, we're all sinners, there's, I'm sure we could talk long enough and we could find one or two ways, but we, we think our, gov- our government has gone off the rails. Um, and, and so in all of these things, the, the question then is how might we live in a way that opposes that tendency but at the same time reflect the fourth commandment to honor our father and our mother uh to honor those in authority over us that's the isn't that i think that's the tricky part that's what i was thinking of when we said about living in the world but not being of the world those congregations that are continuing to gather together to pray and sing praises says that's what god tells us to do government (laughs) can't override that where do where do we you know where do we go with that yeah it's bible study (laughs) yeah thanks john you're talking to a bear (laughs) john the bear sorry i i don't have my mouse here so i can't mute this i'm just talking to my neighbor john here and he thinks this is great for having our bible study (laughs) these these are all members of my congregation and pastors um, hi. So this is. Uh, and, and John and, says he caught the biggest bass of his life today. So. Well, oh, wow. <laughs> um, this big. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry about that, guys. So, um, but Fern, I think I think you're right, and that's a good example of how tricky it can be to to manage this. Mm-hmm. This, you know. Um, uh, and it takes some serious thought to, to work through some sometimes these these conundrums that we get put into. Um, but the idea is, um, the idea behind this all is that Christians are to be in the world, not of the world, and we are to avoid the lure of the world because uh, the the world the the. Um, the Roman empire was big and it was a big lure to the people in the first century to, to, to compromise, but it eventually collapsed. Now something else takes its place and something else took its place and something Babylon like is here. And it's here today. Uh, It's our job to identify it, to steer clear of it, to remain faithful so that we don't, so that when God brings his judgment down on that, we don't, get we don't we're not part of the fallout 
Um, and I know that's not, it's all, oh, pastor, you're being very vague. Well, yes, it's revelation. It's the only way to get it right is to be a tad bit vague. <laughs> if we get into specifics, it, it gets, it gets, we get further and further off the rails. At least that's, that's how I see. But if we can see what the point, if you can catch the point that he's getting at, and you can see what John is getting, what John is asking his first century fellow Christians to do, it can become a lot easier to say, well, now, what does that mean for me here today? Um, yeah. And, and seven, um, what does Babylon's fate tell you about God? What warning does it offer us today? And how do you think this should affect our actions and priorities? We've been kind of dancing around this, but let's just dot the I and cross the T. God will triumph over evil. He's patient. And his promises for justice are true and sound. Yeah. It is coming. And George? He's, he's patient, he's just, he's slow to anger. But when enough is enough, he will act. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't give anybody uh, what what they what they haven't given out themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Um, and what would you select as the key verse in this passage? It's four. Four and five. That's yeah, what I For me, it was 20. I said yeah. 22. Yeah. Yeah. I had 20. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to find 20. Um, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy yeah. apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Right. Good one, too. Yeah. Verse four. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and were there any lingering questions about this chapter? Anything I miss that any detail I, I brushed over that is bugging you? Did you, did you catch the, 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 the gist of what John's saying here? Um, any questions? No. Okay. I, I got one question. Um, sure. You go back into um, verse four. Uh, are these the people who have come, the, the saints who have come through the great tribulation that he's, he's talking to to come out or, the, or died fighting for the beliefs? Is, are, no, these are, um, the, the, the saints who have come through the, the great tribulation are the ones who are rejoicing in, 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 in verse 20. Okay. Um, and you saints and prophets and apostles. Right. Okay. God has given judgment for you against her, right? Um, right, okay. Uh, but here, this is talking, I think that the primary reference to come out of her, uh, my is people. To not, not to get lured, continue to get lured in, like to pull yourself away? Um, it, it's referring to those Christians who have compromised their faith, who've compromised their yep. beliefs, their okay. practices, who... Um, who uh, who have become lukewarm, um, 
or um, complacent. Um, complacent is, 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 oh boy, complacency in the North American Christian church is way too high. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can go to church on Sunday and I'll go and live my life and, and it's okay. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, they look exactly like anybody else does in the world. The only difference is they go to church on Sunday and the other people don't. Uh, what's the, you know, co- complacency, uh, um, so to come out of her for those people uh, means to, to and, and that's, this is why the language in Revelation is so strong. It's to catch, it's to, remember, Revelation is giving us the heavenly perspective. It's giving us God's view of what, of the things that will happen in, in, to us here. And so it's using the sharp language to get us to see just how God thinks about this stuff, right? If you compromise your faith with the world, God views that as adultery, (laughs) Um, right? Uh, This kind of thing. And so God's calling you to to stop it, come back to uh, a more um, faithful Mm-hmm. Uh, manifestation of the Christian life kind of thing. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, offer prayer. And if there are any off the record questions, we can have them off the record. Father in heaven, look on our neediness with the eyes of your mercy and compassion. Rescue us from everything that would cause harm and destruction to us, both physically and spiritually. Keep us in the true faith and finally bring us through the disappointments and sorrows of this life to live with you forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.